Well, welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. You're your host, Chris, here with Ro, and we are doing a part tiff, part uh, regular review for the film Rustin. Uh, I saw this at TIFF, and uh, Ro saw it uh, recently at a screen uh, at a critic screener, and it is now playing on Netflix. Um, Coleman Domingo is a sensational, and oh wait, no, that's a that's not where. Why, why don't you have the actual synopsis for this? Where is the synopsis for Rustin? Bayard Rustin, advisor to Martin Luther King go. Jr., dedicates his life to the quiet, the quest of racial equality, human rights, and world democracy. However, as an openly gay black man, he is all but erased from the civil rights movement. He helped to build. This is his movie. What do you think of the film? <laughs> I um, I think that Coleman Domingo gave an absolutely across the board outstanding performance is Bayard Rustin. I think the movie does some very interesting things on peeling back the layers and exposing many of the moving parts of what it actually means to be involved in uh, uh, protesting and a part of a movement for civil rights and liberation and freedoms. I loved what Brenton Marcellus did with the score. I feel that the script and the story focus is entirely too narrow to have done real justice and calling this a biopic I cannot do. So this is why when we, when I saw this at TIFF and we did our overall TIFF recap, we went through all the films I saw at TIFF, I was holding off to really kind of do some of my reviews until you saw some of these films because some of them I really wanted to just have conversations about and didn't want to just write myself. I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was conflicted on this one. Like you said, Coleman Domingo does an amazing job in the role. I think, if I'm perfectly honest here, I think his back should be hurting from how much he carries his film and he's carrying oh. that, that score. That, I, think, I think the, I think the, I think that the reviews are more focused on his amazing performance and not looking at the film as a whole. Um, if I remember correctly, I actually am not a fan of the score all the times in this film. I think there were some problems I had with it. Um, I had problems with some of the soundtrack drop-ins. There we go. The there score. we go. That's what it was. Not the score, the soundtrack drop. Like there were some weird moments when I'm like, why would you do that right then? That is there. Um, I also think there were some weird... <clears throat> weird edit like it's the script like you said it's it's too narrow <clears throat> and it's I, I feel like every time they do one of these types of films on one of our civil rights heroes and they're centering it around not the overall life of the person but they're driving towards an event i think the same thing happened in um the martin luther king film they did that had oh what is old boy's name forget his name but the same thing happened where it's like you're very narrowly focused on the event and not the person and so there feels like there's always a thing where you have a dynamic really great actor you have somebody who, who plays a role but you can't really explore the character that they are playing because you're too busy driving the story to this one big event and you you rush through some important pieces and i i, I this happens so often to me that it makes me just it makes me sad because 
Um, another film that was like this. Um, uh, Jesse, you had a great actor playing Jesse Owens, but it's like you're driving towards the 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 Olympics, and that's 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 it. Like you're not really you're not really exploring the person, the man, the times around there. It's like there's just this very focus driven way. And I'll be honest, it feels it feels watered down and safe in some ways. Like there's enough stuff there that's that's challenging, but it's also just like you you still kept a little little almost too too clean. And like I'm not gonna lie, this movie feels like it's about the 1963 March on Washington. No, more that's than what it, it feels that, like it's about uh, Bayard Rustin. That's what it, the problem is. And then the, again, but then you got Coleman, and he's like this dynamic person. Like I want to know more about that guy. This is a there's a complicated individual here that has um, uh, a very complex and uh, a um, very complex relationship with the rest of the movement. And the black men that are there, the black heterosexual men that are leading uh, that movement, um, and it just feels like he's a side piece of his own movie. But not only that, but then there's things that they try to drop in, like the whole thing about even black women in the movement, right? It's like there's these things they drop in that are nuggets. Are like that would have been an interesting thing to kind of explore more on and dig deeper into, but. We can't do that because we have to keep moving towards the March on Washington. So we're just going to kind of even, yeah. But that. even moving towards the March on Washington, uh, downplaying the importance of the character, the person that CC Pounder played, mm-hmm. Doctor Anna Hedgeman, it that that was a big problem for me because um, at, at, when all is said and done, Doctor Hedgeman ended up being one of the most powerful people to come out the civil rights movement. Like she was still kicking it with Eisenhower later. Um, uh, and, 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 and I just, I feel like, I, I feel like one, you could tell that the, the, the impulses of the writers and there are two writers on this movie, they were fighting, uh, Dustin Lance Black is probably best known for his work on when they see us. And for me, uh, Julian Brees is probably best known for his work on milk. Um, unless I have that backwards. No, yeah, D- no, Dustin is best known for for me, for Milk, and Julian for When They See Us. And I I feel like um, some of the more artistic ways in which they address the more controversial components of Bayard Rustin's life, like there's a whole scene, I mean, it's streaming now, it started streaming on Netflix on the 17th. Uh, there's a scene in there where they imply that he's left his house and he's potentially going out like to hook up and it's all very artsy and the director george c howe wolf does some very interesting things with staging and uh the lighting where they like kind of show him walking down the side of the street and they show someone coming out of the darkness from between two cars and i'm just like well if you're going to show a beat show a beat you know show a place where uh you know gay men in the 60s gathered and like if you like if you're going to do that it like do it he wasn't in the closet he didn't hide um he made strategic decisions about how he was going to present himself and and i feel like it's speaking to what you did a lot of the hesitation in letting this man really be who he was in his fullness they tried to tap toe around presenting it 
in a lot of ways that are mostly about heteronormative comfort. Honestly, you know what it is? And I was, I've been saying it. I've been, uh, I think I said it. I, I don't know if I said it on uh, my original um, overview because I didn't want to like turn people off. Um, this is another paint by numbers uh, safe black film. Like this film is not for black people. This is another one that feels like it was very safe done so that white critics can go, oh yeah, see, this is like it's just it's so safe. It's such a safe film. I, I think I think I'm, I'm gonna agree and disagree with you. I think this movie was also made the way it is for the for the comfort of black people, oh, so, uh, yeah, older yeah, yeah. black people. Yes. Okay. So yes, I was gonna say that next. It's also made for the comfort of older straight black people. Like it's just like there's even a moment in here where um, they're you know they're they're you know trying to. Um, uh, uh, the, the, they they really do smooth over some of the infighting in the black the the black movements, and I feel like it's still that thing of oh, we don't say this stuff too much in front of company, so we're not gonna dig in there too deep. So when you get to the end of the film, and we all know that Bayard is, is it becomes one of the architects of the the the, the March on Washington, and that there is you know the the outwardly facing of the the rest of the movement came in. And, 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 and backed him, but like they made it, it almost felt too clean. It was like, because it was, I was like, it's like, that's, that's not mm. like, I might not know everything, but I know it wasn't that clean. I know it wasn't just like, oh, okay, well, no, no, he's one of us. It's like, they literally do the, he's one of us. We can say that about him, but you can't. I'm like, don't you fucking dare. Like, I, it's, well, I it's, mean, I'll tell you this: that is how that is how we act as the people. I mean, no, it, it is <laughs> I how can we beat act. You up, but it, can't nobody else beat you. Well, up. yes, but like the way it was presented in the movie, it was like, nigga, you know what? You oh, know yeah, what? It is? No, have you, you know, seen Have you, have you seen you. American fiction yet? Have you seen American fiction yet? I have. So to me, it was like uh, towards the end of American fiction, where they're going through the different scenarios. It felt like that. We're just like a hundred percent. And I'm like, that's what also made me love American fiction so much. Cause I was like, I had watched it. I think after I watched Russell and I'm just like, hmm. I'm over here. Like yeah. sticker, I'm over sticking to myself and going like this film was yeah. actually like, I'm looking at the white people going around who were, who were laughing in American fiction going like, no, y'all don't get it. Y'all don't, y'all don't get the real joke. Y'all don't get the real joke. Mm-mm. I'm over here. And y'all dying. laughing a little too hard. Yeah. It's a part, <laughs> but, I, but I, but I also feel like, um, I also I, I feel like this was I feel like the the reason they I, I feel like I'm saying I feel like a lot, but I think the reason that they settled on the time period that they were going to frame out talking about Bayard Rustin is because it's the cleanest and the the easiest to yada yada over some things. Like mm. the movie it gives us right an in. establishing it jumps right in and I'm like, why did you that's not I'm sorry. Right. No, but it gives us an establishing moment between him and Martin Luther King. And uh, that's how you get that, the feeling that they actually have a close personal friendship that they, they, they consider, they treat each other like family, they're brothers. And I felt like they did that really well. But then they jump out of that and they kind of do this, hit this, the ground running. Like he's a full grown, full blown you know, leaning into his power and and what he knows, activists. And I don't feel like that does any justice to anybody really understanding 
how he became to be Bayard Rustin, what he was known for, why would Martin listen to him and all of these different things. And they try to do some of that later in the movie, but they use it as a way that he kind of comes on to, to men who he's attracted to. And that made it feel more licentious than informative about Bayard Rustin's character and personality. But I also feel like some of the weaknesses in the, in the cast, namely Chris Rock as Roy Wilkins, mm. on one level, it makes sense. He's an uptight, prejudiced, closed-minded, narrow-minded, old-ass Black man who thinks his way is the only way forward. And, you know, that the older Chris Rock gets, the more clear you get where he <laughs> sits with respect to anti-Blackness, so that fits. But I don't think that George C. Wolfe was the director to be able to pull out of Chris Rock the performance we needed with Roy Wilkins because he's pivotal in a lot of the the damage that happened to the relationship between the NAACP and Bayard Rustin. I, I feel like they underutilize all of the women in the movie, but they also underutilize the core group of men. Like Jeffrey Wright was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He was brilliant as representative Adam Clayton Powell. You almost you almost forget that he was in it. You almost forget that he's in but it. He, right, but it's it's too small, but it's also it lacks the proper context to understand what it matters, what's his relationship, because when you encounter him, he's in LA and they're talking about something that's happening and being coordinated on the East Coast and down south. And I really feel like the other problem with this movie in addition to them playing it safe, is they assume people know more about Black history and American history and these milestone moments in the time period than they actually do. Like, this really only takes place, like, you get one moment in the 1960s, and then it fast-forwards, and you only get a, a few months of and the aftermath of his fallout with the NAACP in, the ni- in 1963. You don't get anything before it, and quite frankly, you don't get anything after it once you see how they end the movie. And... That's why I said this feels like it was a movie about the 1963 March on Washington, which cannot be made without highlighting the importance and the integral nature of the contributions and efforts of this towering legend of a man, Bayard Rustin. But to call this movie Rustin, you shouldn't be coming away with questions as to what was his role and true importance to the understanding of what it meant you, to protest nonviolence. Well, well, that's the thing. It's like you go through the whole film and you're just, again, if you're just watching the film, go through the whole film, it's like, no, but actually, what did he do? What, 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 he just, what, what did he do in the film to like, what, 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 was, the, what, what, were, the, what were the actual contributions? You don't really. Right, they just made him look like the be- the greatest project manager ever. Ex- right, exactly. I'm like, wait, so he was hit project management was his super skill? Like, what? I mean, maybe. I mean, it could be, but like, even then, it's like, because then even then, you're like, was it really that? Or because then all I saw him do was delegate to other people. So like, wait a minute, what was he actually doing? I'm like, you know, that's not true. And I feel like, but I feel like this is what happens with these kind of films all the time, right? And again, there's a lot of reasons why, right? But when you see something like. How long was that Napoleon film? Because it's really Scott. It had to be like three hours, wasn't it? It was two hours and 38 minutes for which I'd like to invoice. Right, right, exactly. So, but think about it, right? So, and then Oppenheimer was like three hours, right? Um, 
when 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 white directors decide they want to uh and again Oppenheimer's great but like I did not go to the Napoleon film because I was just like Ridley Scott you're not getting me again. no 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 I I don't know why we keep giving we're Ridley gonna, Scott we're gonna talk I, about Napoleon I, in a minute I, guys I, so. I don't know so why I do that. not know why they keep giving that white man these these historical figures to do because even the the ones that are, he does not do a good job of them anymore. So I don't know why they keep doing that, but like... Yes, you do. Uh, why? Okay, you're right. I do know why. But like, but then Rustin is like an hour and 48 minutes. Let's get in and get out. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There is so much rich history around this man. Even if you think about the March on Washington itself. So let's say they even made it, they called it Rustin, but they made it about March on Washington. Even if you look at it from that point of view, this still doesn't have enough about that in this film but that's what, but that's I, what i mean just, when i'm saying <sighs> this movie assumes people know but you history. also know why but you also know why that is too right because it's like well if we really go down to the de- to the details of this shit oh we might start educating people <laughs> you know you don't want that shit, so. but yeah it feels like it feels like they wanted to talk about Bayard Rustin, but they didn't want to alienate anyone. Mm-hmm. And they they wanted to talk about his contributions, but they didn't really want to go um, in depth uh, in the in the sense that you really understand that this is the guy. They give a beautiful scene in black and white where he's dealing with the 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 black the fraternal the brotherhood the fraternity of black police officers um and and he's walking them through what's necessary for them to be able to do their jobs and it's great but it doesn't really it doesn't help you really understand a the importance of why those lessons had to happen that you know nonviolence is it's not is unnatural um your your inclination is to fight back but you don't understand the importance that he has to the tactics and strategies because you never see it. You don't see him develop it. You don't see him coming to the realization and understanding. You don't, you don't see any of that. And, you know, so it just looks like he's the guy who's telling the people and getting in people's face. And like you said, finding the people to, you know, delegate a task to, but you also don't really get come to understand. None of these people come together without Bayard. Like you, you do you really truly don't kind of get that that uh, that that true anchored understanding that they're there because of Bayard. They're working with each other because of Bayard. Even if the leadership doesn't really get anything, he's the voice and the bridge between the old guard and the new guard. And the new guard ain't showing up uh, if it's not for Bayard. That him getting in that room and him really coming up with this idea was truly his brainchild that was you know stolen from him and 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 i feel like when it comes down to that we do a a serious a serious disservice to him we also do a disservice to his relationship with martin luther king because they leave it on ice for almost the whole movie Mm -hmm. um they they assume people understand 
the connection and the relationship of what was happening um, between civil rights leaders and uh, the FBI and other state actors and, and that it's not clear. And uh, the most interesting things and glimpses we get about his life, they do come from some very poignant scenes that have to do with his personal life, but they don't connect back to the impact they had on who he was as an activist and and in his work life and his professional life. And there's a movie that could be made about, you know, the intersection of the choices he had to make between, you know, standing for what he liberate liberation and love. And we get a little of it, but it's more a commentary on the phenomena and the relationship between men on the down low, uh, men heavily involved with the church. <laughs> and and you know you know what i mean and like so they they, they yeah. dip their toe in a lot of places and everything that we get is it's a sample it's it's, it's a, good it's but a, none it's of it's a, great it's the thing that they do with all these films films they give you a sampling of it and then they go on to the next thing and i'm like but, but when you're gonna when you're gonna do the film when is the film that dives into that piece and it doesn't exist right and i think that is my problem with every single one of these films that comes out. Every time one of these films comes out, I kind of know what I was getting. I'm not going to lie. It's actually why I was kind of hesitant about American fiction. And then Corey Jefferson just turned that on his head and was like, no, 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 I got you. And I was like, oh, nigga, you did. You got me. You got me. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Got me. But that's also yeah. why I said I feel like um, you can feel the writers of the script writing because oh, there are certain yeah. things that have that Hollywood edge and they're done very nicely and very gracefully and very tastefully. And then there's, you can feel mm -hmm. one trying to push to go in another direction and the other going to say, okay, that's great, but too far. Mm -hmm. And the question is, I don't know whether it was the white guy pushing to go further and the black guy saying, <laughs> Hey, we don't do that over here. <laughs> Or the black guy going, well, we can't really not address this. And the white guy going, yeah, that's cute. But, you know, the Hollywood patina says we have to stop here. Mm -hmm. But you can feel the push and pull. I really enjoyed Rustin. I think it's a great starter, especially for people who don't have any, like, cultural and political literacy about American history. I think it opens the door to conversations and it's got some really great one-liners. And again, it cannot be understated how brilliant Colin, Coleman Domingo is in this movie. But they took what should have been a stellar ensemble and they only gave them mediocre material. So they were only able to raise that to the level of being good instead of great. What would you give it out of 10? Ooh. Um... This this hurts my heart, but a six and a half. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna. Where say are you? I, I'm at the same. I I was like, hearing you talk, I was like, no, no. See, I've gotten tricked before when you say it's mm -hmm. good, and I'm like, mm -mm. but I know that's I, that's that to me for you. I've really figured this out. Is a six and a half. You know, that <laughs> I liked it. It's good, but six and a half. I knew that. So. Look, I told you I walk into every movie and I try. I don't believe in um, unbiased because I am there to look at the movie, not only for the aesthetics of like what they do film wise, but did I enjoy this fucking movie? Did I want to watch this movie? Would I suggest anybody else watch this movie? So for me, I walk in, everybody's everybody's a five and then you either go up or down or you stay where you are from there. 
And yeah, I mean, yeah, when you start hearing me do that, the, the, it's a good but not great tap dance shuffle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Six and a half. Um, uh, I already I'm know. Chilling at a six, six and a half. Uh, 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 <laughs> you ain't got to say anything. I already know. But I mean, that's where I'm at too. It's like, it's one of the things, it was, to me, it was probably the biggest disappointment I had at TIFF. Because, and, and to me, it's because you have a great performance. You actually have a really great cast, and it's just that thing of all the pieces are there, and once again, you give me basic. Like, mm-hmm. everything else is, like, literally, this film is good, and everybody who says it's a great film is doing it solely off of Coleman Domingo's performance. Like, he is literally carries this film. And not to say that other folks are not not also great in their performances. They're not giving enough to help him carry. So he has to mm-hmm. carry everything because it's just, he's in just about every other, he's in just about every scene. Now, when the other folks are there, they're great as well, but they're not giving enough of the, of the movie to even help even say overall the cast itself carry this film. I could then probably push it up to a seven and a half. But they're not even no, giving I, enough to do. They're not even I, giving I enough to do. I can't do it because, like, the movie isn't is it's not a historical. It's not historically inaccurate. It's historic. It's too historically narrow. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there, that like there's there's not enough. You're not using enough moments. They they because they kept. Yeah, I mean, how you gonna have Glenn Turman as a Philip Randolph? And not it like not have it be fully understood that he was a bad man. Like, you know, it's just like all these different pieces and it's like, you shouldn't. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no. So. Where do you guys have it? That is our review for Rustin. It is now playing on Netflix. So go, go check it out. You know, don't just take our word for it. It's, it's on Netflix. It's free. So use that Netflix. Look, uh, give them nice spins. We need more money in the hands of black creators. I'm not even going to lie. It's not a bad movie. It's just a good movie. It, it It's just, it's one of the greatest figures in civil rights history and in American history, specifically black history. It should have been great. And it could have been. Yeah. It wasn't so. bold enough. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, all right, folks. So there you guys have it. That is our review for Rustin and, uh, we'll be back later. So again, check us out. We got, it's, it's that time award season. So between me finally getting those TIFF reviews up and also all the movies we, that we, that, that we wanted to watch early in the year, but we didn't get to watch. Um, we have a lot to talk about. So, um, stay tuned for all of that coming out over the next month or so. So again, folks, thank you very much for listening until next time. We are out of here. Peace.